0: Not that long ago, I was one of the first people to face a Graboid and live.
1: Broke into the wrong goddamn room, didn't you, you bastard?
0: This is a Graboid, a true classic, like an American-made automobile. That eats you. This is a Shrieker. Get some earplugs and aspirin. Trust me. Now this is the aptly named Ass Blaster. Guess what they do. Know which one is which.
1: It might just save your life. Just the biggest assholes you've ever seen. Like, you didn't know they existed in the wild. If you didn't know any better, you would assume these assholes were genetically engineered in a lab just to plague the nation. They're the stand made in human. It's okay. Coronavirus is going to make about
0: four more rounds on Capitol Hill at this rate. So we'll probably lose most of them.
1: Uh, None of them are dying. They all get great treatment. And
0: speaking of right wingers, the Tremors franchise.
1: Tremors, I suppose. <laughs> God, okay. I am looking at the uh, the director's credits, and we've got things like the Scorpion King, Book of Souls, Death Race Beyond Anarchy. This man is the direct video king. Kindergarten Cop Two, a couple of jarheads.
0: My favorite thing in the world is he wrote Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs> yeah. Mike and
1: I have been obsessed with that movie. For years, everyone's got to start somewhere. What a weird career, though! He Apparently, started as a sound editor on Cyborg, and then somehow just moved into producer like two years later.
0: Well, oh, God, I was looking at who wrote these two movies, and it's two guys who have done literally nothing else, and one dude who has written a fuck ton of '90s syndicated genre television. Mm. Oh, what a what a gr- weird pop culture grab bag these things are.
1: Yeah, that's the. Uh... Nice way of saying
0: it. Oh yeah, it's better than the uh, the waiting room at the end of eternity. <laughs> All right. Even though we're not seeking our audio, I'm still going to clap. That makes it official.
1: Just like knives out, there's a portrait of Mike frowning upon us until we get it right and then it'll it'll change around to a
0: slight little grin. A grin and a raised eyebrow. And then you turn mm. around and Mike's not in the portrait
1: anymore. What's going on? We should have burned it when we had the chance, Jamie. We should have burned the portrait of Mike. Anyways, the story so far In 1889, a subterranean monster eats several miners in the Nevada town of Rejection. The mine's owner, Hiram Gummer, arrives in town to investigate. Through his combined efforts with the remaining town folks and a small armory, the killer worms are defeated. The town is renamed to Perfection, and Hiram begins a fixation on guns that has passed down the generations to his great-grandson, Bert Gummer. These events are never spoken of again. <laughs> Forward to 1990, the monsters are back at it, eating folks from underground in Perfection. Bert and buddies fight back, killing the Graboid menace once and for all. JK, several years later, the Graboids appear in Mexico, and Bert gets a call to help kill them for bounty money. But once in Mexico, he makes the startling discovery that the Graboids evolve into two-legged, heat-seeking, rapidly reproducing shriekers. These hordes of critters end up being no match for Bert or his explosives. Returning home to perfection, Bert finds himself in yet another Graboid infestation, but you guessed it, there's another step on the evolutionary ladder to worry about. The shriekers are now turning into ass blasters, monsters that fly using the power of ignited farts. Once again, the town folks fight off the various monsters from their town, and Bert makes a new friend in El Blanco, the albino graboid. 14 years pass. Bert has made a small living out of his fame, starring in graboid hunting slash survival videos. But his new cameraman is going to convince Bert to leave the Western Hemisphere and take on a new breed of Graboids spotted in Africa. And there you have it, folks. The story of Tremors up to Tremors 5, Bloodlines. Now, uh, folks at home, you you as you know, we, we've been going through uh, the, the Tremor movies one by one, and we've been having a pretty good time. Tremors 5 was a bit of a roadblock, and then we hit Tremors 6, which was another roadblock. So instead of dragging you through two separate episodes on quite frankly, the two least good tremor films, we're gonna we're gonna stick these guys together. You're getting a tremors bonanza. This is Tremors Five Bloodlines and Tremors, a cold day in hell, mixed into one Franken Tremors review. If you don't like it, just just stop us for a couple minutes after like the first 20 minutes and then turn us back on. Just pretend it's a new episode. It's just as good. Anyways, welcome to Box Office Pulp. Jamie, is this better or longest intro? It's gotta be the longest intro we've done for the series so far, right? I feel
0: like like that intro was very appropriate since one of the hallmarks of these later films are the overly long prologue sequences.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say I was meandering.
0: I mean, every Tremors movie has a prolonged opening sequence, but five and six have what can only be called box office pulp length preambles.
1: Well, if that were true, they would forget there were Tremor movies for a while, and they would, like, turn into surf flicks or something fun. They don't. Uh, Anyways, folks, this is Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, madness, moxie, and Tremors. Lots and lots of Tremors. I'm your host, Cody. Joining me as always, my co-host, Jamie. And as we said, this is the lead-up to the newest Tremors film, uh, Tremor Shrieker Island, which is coming out uh, October 20th, I believe? That sounds like a Tuesday, right? Yeah, October 20th. So we're, we're we're gunning through all the Tremors films in preparation of that film. So we're almost there, folks. Who knows? Maybe the new one will be really, really good. Uh, until then, you have to listen to us complain about five and six. Jamie, uh, before we get into individual gripes, I because I, I, I feel like this movie personally came to your house and kicked your puppy and threw your pumpkin off its balcony. Could you could you give us a little bit of a, a Tremors breakdown on what's new in the world of Tremors biology?
0: Yeah, let's let's uh, start with something neutral. Something I know you were asking about in one of the previous episodes, Cody. How many shriekers come to a graboid? Uh, the uh, opening cartoon, which is really the highlight of, the, of this fucking movie, uh, the opening uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park cartoon explaining graboids to us, uh, says that they come three to a graboid, which I guess makes sense given the uh, uh, given the math of tremors too. Yeah. Now, this movie's all about the South African graboid, which has three main features. It's much larger than the graboids we've known up until this point. Their ass blasters are nocturnal, meaning they can hunt at night uh, so that their heat sensors aren't uh, confused by the heat of the day, which you would get in Africa, and a, a nice thoughtful bit of world building. And the African ass blaster can detach its prehensile tongue and send them out into the world as agents
1: that's a that was a very confusing thing to me like now they're totally living separate creatures that are just kind of, kind of attached to the mouth of the graboid yeah th- I, I like do h- they return do they they plug back into the, the the tremors when they're done terrorizing people do they bring the food back with them and share do they reproduce i was
0: so on board with if nothing else, the uh, take on graboids in this movie, I thought they were doing some really nice escalation stuff. Uh, I, I really appreciate the design, the redesign of the ass blasters, whose turkey vulture look I was never super fond of. They made them uh, much beefier in this movie and added a fuckload of teeth, which makes they look get- yeah they
1: look much scarier now. I'd much rather have a toy of this version of the ass blaster than the the nineties version of the ass and blaster. And they're and they're still kind of warm like which i like but yeah
0: as soon as we got to the the tongues are also worms who also seem to be sentient i just between that and some of the stuff that we get in the next movie i think i feel like that's kind of the canary in the coal mine that we are not dealing with stampede productions right now
1: yeah Jamie, uh, is it? Do you think it's too late to re-edit all the podcast episodes to replace the phrase "Can I ask you a question?" to "Can I ask blast you a question?" <laughs>
0: God damn it! We always have the best ideas
1: in the third act. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a real shame. Oh, well. so yeah, we have Africanized tremors this time around that are bigger, leaner, meaner, uh, with kind of superpowers. It feels like they went a little too far on some of that. And as you mentioned, there is a redesign, too, with the Tremors that they use frequently. They they show off their new CGI model of the African Tremor too many times. Like, uh, the, the new version of the Tremors, the Graboids, can corkscrew out of the ground and then swallow people midair and then dive back underground. Which, okay, sure, it's a little Looney Tunes, but the series has always been that. We see that animation so many times. We even see it in, like, the beginning intro cartoon when they're going through what Graboids are, like a wireframe version of it. I feel like uh, they must have spent a lot of money on this direct-to-videos budget on that animation, that particular animation of them flying through the air, and then just decided we have to keep using this to pay for it. That shows up in the next film. Yeah.
0: you It would not surprise me if they just had a folder of Graboid assets that they're just going to be fine-tuning every couple of years for these movies. I feel like we see the same five or six animations over and over again.
1: It's like being at a bowling alley. Like at first, oh, that one's neat. And then you realize it's like the same bowling animation every time you get a strike. It gets old. The jokes run out. So if we can, I guess we've moved on to the, the bitching portion. <sighs> so I understand they're they're trying to spice things up by saying, hey, these aren't your grandma's graboids. These guys are tougher. But sure, yeah, you got to escalate. People want to stick around. You got to make them more threatening. And the new location is kind of part of that. Like, it's not just that the graboids are different. They're no longer in Nevada. Here's some new scenery to keep you entertained. Again, a new desert. Talk. Yeah, a new desert. But I feel like moving movies to Africa as a gimmick is always a risky move. Especially direct to video. That has a bad track record. Yeah, it's just, it's very easy for filmmakers to fall into like exoticism, exoticism making things too exotic and just uh, racist stereotypes you just have to worry about this. This isn't going to turn like an Africa Screams type deal. And there's a little bit of that. Like Jamie Kennedy goes to like one of the tribal dance parties. On the other hand, the Tremor series has been pretty decent about providing diversity to its cast. We've had a couple of prominent Asian, Native American, and Mexican characters so far in the series. So having the opportunity to add Black cast members kind of seems overdue. So I, I can see it bouncing out. If you tread carefully and you don't just make like a parody of what Africa is, sure, why not? That said, I don't know if they really used Africa to its full extent. Uh It's mostly just treated to be like desert and there happens to be a thunderstorm. They, for some reason, don't really show the first time it happens. Yeah, the
0: I think the only reason we don't get into any dicey territory, like much dicey territory with uh, their treatment of Africa is we don't actually see Africa all that much. We, Like you said, really. we just have, we see vehicles and the
1: brush. Yeah, and there's one very small town. There's a couple of characters who do like the everything's bigger in Texas type attitude, but towards Africa, which actually does make sense. Africa is gigantic. People kind of phase out on that. Have you seen those ants? (laughs) But it's it's still kind of unusual. I guess they went to all the trouble of introducing a new location and then they don't really lean on it all that much. This gets worse in the next Tremors. So I I guess that's just a spiraling problem they're going to deal with.
0: Which is bizarre, because they went on location. It's not like they're just trying to to make the desert of Nevada look like South Africa. They flew out there, but they
1: didn't use any of it. They had their one little set, and they just kind of stuck in the desert around it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, kudos to them for actually going to Africa. But yeah, I guess it's there. It doesn't really speak like it's a location... In the same sense as we all remember perfection, Nevada. Nevada. Nervator. All these years. Nervator, all these years after we went there. In my mind, it's like when they go to Mexico in two. Like, I guess they're Mexico, but it really just looks a lot like perfection. Also, another kind of weird thing here. Uh, this is our first entry with like a, a four real human villain, right?
0: I b- believe so. Yeah, that was very odd because that's. That's been one thing the franchise has never really
1: delved into, and it it felt very out of place here. We've had dicks in the Tremors series before, no doubt. I mean, think of Melvin trying to buy out the town. He's not really villain. He just kind of shows up more for a cameo experience and then to get dunked on by different characters. Uh, We have the government agents who want to protect the Graboids. Again, they're just kind of made out to be doofuses instead of like actual bad dudes. They're kind of antagonistic, but you also have to think, okay, their deal is environmental protection. So they kind of have a point. Like if this were any other creature, if these were elephants that Bert was killing, we'd be like, hey man, that's kind of fucked up. Maybe, maybe stop killing all the elephants. So yeah, to have a guy who comes in, he pretends to be a hero or not a hero, but just at least not a bad guy for the start of the movie, but he, his character is so shallow and transparent, the heel turn isn't a surprise. And it's just a very weird way to take the franchise where all of a sudden we have to worry not about The humans are worse than the Graboids. It's very odd
0: seeing them choose this point to introduce a human villain and do virtually nothing with them. I mean, there's so many different ways you could go with a human villain in the Tremors
1: universe. And what they went with was a guy. Just a guy. His henchman gets taken out as a punchline halfway through the movie. Bert accidentally kills the henchman. (laughs)
0: Bert, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the characterization of Bert in a minute. But I guess at this point, we should probably talk about like the basic
1: plot of this movie. <laughs> sure, if we want to backtrack. Uh, so in Tremors 5, Bloodlines, we kind of jump uh, forward. I think it's, it's something like 10 years, probably more than that. So all that time has passed, and it's kind of sad because we come back to Bert, who is... Doing survivalist videos, uh, but you get the sense that they're not all that popular or good. And you, you just see Bert rolling around in perfection, uh, like eating snakes, just just cooking and snakes.
0: Yeah, I don't know if the people directing this have ever like seen a survivalist show before. <laughs> it, it's kind of just lots of shots of uh, Bert squatting.
1: A lot of that. Yeah, he does make a clay oven. So I uh, yeah, hand it to him for that. Anyway, so we have him kind of struggling to keep being the person he always was when he gets a new cameraman who is very uh, vague about his reasons for wanting to take the spot, even though he claims to be like a war veteran and who was always in the shit. And it's it's look from the title Tremors Five Bloodlines. You you have a pretty clear idea that this guy's going to end up being related to Bert in some way like they're they're not really subtle about that. And I don't understand why they wait till like the third act to have Bert catch on.
0: They start dropping anvils about that immediately. It just it, it's like you're watching Arrested Development at a certain point.
1: <laughs> it's it's the least subtle. Like everyone in the audience knows immediately like what the deal is, except for Bert. It's very weird. If only I could share my pop secret with you, Bert. <laughs> right? And we
0: should say this new character whose name I did not write down <laughs> because that's how incensed <laughs> I was.
1: You don't remember uh, Travis Welker?
0: Oh, Travis, uh, this character is played by Jamie Kennedy, taking his Jamie Kennedy shtick and dialing it up to 11 and being an unfathomably unlikable dickhead
1: throughout these two movies. He gets worse as he goes along. Like when you first beat him, you're like, yeah, all right, It may be a little smarmy, but he, OK, sure, I can I can get along with it, except for all of like the GoPro footage of him riding around in his dirt bike. That was a little much. Yeah, nothing to do with this character. That's a director choice. Like, hey, we have these cool GoPros. Let's just have pay someone to drive around on a dirt bike and film that for five minutes. But Jamie Kennedy gives me the impression he shows up for these movies now. And, like, costuming can't touch him. Like, he just goes, no, no, I'm filming, and just walks onto the set the way he is.
0: You got that vibe, too.
1: Yeah, between this and Trick, like, I just feel like Jamie Kennedy shows up to movies now, and he's like, I'm Jamie Kennedy. Just let me film my bit and let me go home. He, he did appear to be playing himself in this movie. Again, it's just a lot of stuff about him talking about hitting on young women and and just... Oh, this he's such a creep. He's
0: a... He makes every situation <laughs> worse that he's in. This character is the character everyone thought Mutt Jones was in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Like, it, it offends me as a lifelong fan of the franchise that this character is built up to be like, the successor to the
1: Gummer family legacy. Well, Jamie, if it makes you feel any better, apparently Jamie Kennedy was not in the latest Tremors film, Shrieker Island. So they, they dropped that plot after two movies. He was just killed off screen. What's <laughs> back to his home planet. So... We have Jamie Kennedy as Bert's not-son, maybe-son. We know, but we're not supposed to. Uh, They are also met by a very suspicious man who claims he needs their help in Africa. They wheel and deal on this. He, He does, like, the John Hammond thing where he offers to finance Bert Gummer for the next two years. So they go to Africa to investigate new graboid claims. And obviously there are graboids. Uh Bert is a prickly asshole, and the only person he ever makes friends with is apparently uh, pilots. Pilots just do it for him. So he he makes friends with the the outback pilot who drives him in, and uh, off they go. The bigger batter tremors show up, they eat some archaeologists who have unearthed tremor bones from what the Devonian period or something? I don't remember it, the past. They 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 get attacked by ass blasters. For some reason, no shriekers, although I think they mentioned that too, how weird that is. And that's kind of the film. They get attacked once or twice in different spots. They find out there's a whole bunch of uh, graboid eggs in a cave they need to destroy. So the whole country isn't just overwhelmed with graboids. Also kind of weird because in the past they taught us that graboid eggs can only hatch with extreme unusual heat. But I I guess that part doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Also, it's weird. They do
0: say that there are shriekers out there because we have the references to nocturnal shriekers. I don't
1: think we really meet them. No. It'd be kind of cool to see the redesign of the shrieker, though, because they have a lot of room to make those look uh, a little more frightening. But yeah, I I think to save money, they just kind of skip over the shriekers and they go right to the ass blasters. And like Jamie said, the ass blasters look way, way, way better with this redesign. They are cgi but it's pretty decent CGI for direct-to-video, and uh, the design is fearsome, you know, toothy, kind of.
0: Yeah, I do really like the addition that they're much heavier, so that whenever they fly up into the air and glide down, they hit with a more colossal thud, which is kind of like part of their attack. I I think that's a a really good visual.
1: Yeah, that would be one of the highlights, uh, I I would say, of this Tremors. I like what they did to make these things look more intimidating. Uh, Other than that, things I liked about this movie... um, I did enjoy how when even the villain of the piece, who has beaten Bert at several points in the film, is in danger, Bert sticks his neck out to at least try and get the guy to not die. For, for all of Bert's character flaws, he does seem to genuinely care about human life, no matter how shitty the person is, except for Melvin.
0: Well, Melvin can die. Melvin can actually
1: die. Jamie, we never found out what happened to Melvin, so he might have died. <laughs> Bert might have left him to die. We never get a callback. We never get another cameo from Melvin to this point. So for, for all we know, Bert drove off and El Blanco ate Melvin like the second he stepped off that rock. Uh, that That's what happened on Tremors, the series. So anyways, yeah, we, that's your new Tremors. They, they go to Africa. Uh, Bert is incredulous that there are Tremors outside the United States. It turns out these Tremors are worse than the Tremors in the United States. Although, honestly, the Tremors outside of one have never been scary. At least to me. I don't know. So this one also never really scared me. It's kind of more of an action deal where you have tremors leaping out of the dirt. You have people shooting bows through uh, graboid tentacles that have separated from their bodies and are squirting towards people. It, it's it's never really shocking or scary, but it is action with monsters.
0: It weirdly in structure feels mostly like Blade Trinity.
1: Hmm. Now that you mention it,
0: it's Bert and his annoying sidekick <laughs> assembling this team of people who don't want to deal with Bert and one by one
1: they go down. Although, yeah, some of them have grudging respect for Bert, uh, like the main henchman who is accidentally killed by the flaming corpse of an ass blaster. Uh, was it uh Johan Dreyer? I believe he's like the one guy who's like, oh, you're like Rambo. It's it's weird because you have. The clearly evil, badass characters respecting Bert, but the movie itself views Bert as kind of a, a a dick. Yeah, I kind of hate Bert in this movie.
0: I feel like the director and writers, I think there's a lot that about the franchise they really don't quite get.
1: And in addition to we the should Bert- We should mention too. Uh so this is the first Tremors film that does not have involvement from the previous Tremors producers or directors. Like there's no more SS Wilson. Uh, this one is directed by Don Michael Paul. Its screenplay is by a trio of William Truesmith, M. A. Deuce, or uh, and not or uh, John Welpley. And uh, apparently the deal was this was an idea that uh, the original Tremors team came up with, and when they're working with Universal, Universal would not relinquish complete control over the project. So they walked, and Universal said, that's fine. We wanted to have control over how this worked anyways. We'll just do it ourselves. So they, they took that idea from the original team and then expanded upon it and filmed it themselves, which probably explains why this seems like it could fit into the Tremors timeline, but also goes in some very non-Tremors directions. Well, the, the first and foremost,
0: like even beyond the characterizations, like at no point does this ever feel like a Siege film. For the first time in the franchise, like, it's pretty much a run-and-gun action movie with graboids that are not particularly bright or strategic, so in the end they just kind of use brute strength to bring them down, which I think is a central violation of one of the tenets of the uh, films that Stampede made, which is uh, the Graboids always must be outsmarted. They're never brought down by firepower and brute force.
1: That's the fun part of, you know, the Trevor series. The Graboids, for being worms, are surprisingly smart. They'll figure out what you're doing, they know where you are, and the heroes have to put brainpower into effect to defeat them. That's cool. That's It's really nice to see characters have to use their own character's skills to win rather than well I can punch the hardest therefore I win. I I am very tired of that storytelling. It's it only is really effective to me in moments where I need like a power fantasy. In all other storytelling types it's like it's got to be, you know, a character's cunning that really wins the day or his sincerity or you know, a character charm, I guess, rather than just a physical feat.
0: Yeah, the, the closest we get to that in the finale is them Sort of backing the head graboid into a fence where Deus Ex Machina lightning can electrocute them, while Bert guns them yeah. away with a
1: with a chain gun. They they did kind of hint, well not kind of, they definitely hinted. There's the foreshadowing with the girl playing with the battery, uh, in the dirt to draw the earthworms up. That that was definitely a thing they they basically alerted us to. Like, hey, here's a Chekhov's gun situation. You knew it was going to end with electricity. Somehow drawing the tremor into a place where it could be destroyed. So, kind of. I mean, it's clunky. It works. It's it's clunky, but it works.
0: And going to Bert himself. Like this movie's portrayal of Bert is just as this deeply unpleasant, creepy old man who's kind of pathetic most through most of the film, but is also shown as being. Uh, his best self and worthy of respect whenever he's being his most dickish. Oh, yeah. I I don't feel like this movie gets the tone of Burt Gummer very well, as weird as that is to say, because there is a very particular bumbling, affable adventure hero quality to Burt Gummer that he has present in the other films. And there's just a dearth of charm here. He's kind of just a dangerous, crazy
1: redneck. In the previous films, Bert Gummer might be the most qualified to fight the Tremors, but he is very clearly flawed and doesn't always have perfect foresight. He's he's a character who thinks the world of himself and then often finds himself in situations where he is less than equal to the task, which is kind of the fun part of him. Like in the first movie, he's kind of the dick because he gets into a fight with Kevin Bacon, right? Like when they're on that rock, you kind of look at him like, oh, that's the asshole character who's going to get eaten. And he redeems himself, like eventually kind of comes back around. He's nicer to other characters. He never admits that he was wrong about things or that he was being a dick, but you get the sense that internally he, you know, came around. In the later films, like two, he ends up kind of trapped in uh, that tractor bucket. And it turns out all the supplies he brought with him are the things that caused the shriekers to go out of control. And in three, his whole house blows up. He blows up his house only to find out that was completely unnecessary. So the movie's do have a tendency to kind of make fun of Burt Gummer for thinking he is a god. But in this movie, the other characters talk about Burt Gummer like he is a god. And we only rarely have moments where they kind of like take us out of that mindset. And that feels almost hypocritical.
0: And whenever they do, it's stuff like Burt drinking his
1: own pee and being in his underwear. Yeah, it goes especially over the top. That was the thing that really grabbed me. So we have Burt Gummer who makes the claim, you'll never put me in a cage, which is a pretty Burt Gummer statement. Uh, And then for comedy, they smash cut to him being in a cage. The bad guy has imprisoned him somehow, which feels like a weird betrayal of the character. Like, I honestly feel like Burt Gummer might take death over being put in a cage. So they put him in there, and apparently for like an hour, he's fucking around in the cage, losing his mind on webcam. Uh, He takes his clothes off, he smears himself in like dung and and piss, and he just, he acts a fool. And then the film makes more fun of him by attaching that cage to a, a truck as he is saved by Travis and pulled through the desert, bumping and bashing all over the place so he gets all beat up. It's a weird mix of the film alternatively saying, Bert Gummer is the most badass man in the world, and then laughing at Bert Gummer for being a dipshit. Well, well, well he deserves punishment because he failed to sack up. Yeah, it's, it's very unusual, and I don't quite get the landing the film has chosen. It's weird. It makes me think of legacy characters and legacy properties. Because if you think about it, it was over a decade before we got this Tremors. It felt like the series was done. And then all of a sudden it's back and we have the original characters back. And it's it's a sequel to that original franchise. But the main character at this point has kind of become a character of what he was before. And that, that's always tough to deal with. One, it's very hard to write these characters that become part of the cultural zeitgeist. Like, how do you do it the same way that it was back in the moment before they realized this character was an icon? It's it's very hard to replicate. It's, it's almost impossible. Uh, and two, the fans are always going to be precious about these characters. So how do you write in a way where the fans are still going to be happy about what's happening? Think uh, I, I think of stuff like uh, Tron. Uh, so Flynn comes back, and he is a messiah recluse in Legacy, which struck a lot of people as weird because, okay, that was the main character from the first film, and now he's hiding away, and he doesn't do anything... And in the end, he just kind of has to sacrifice himself. I I think people were bummed about that. I personally, I don't have a lot of problems with Tron Legacy, so (laughs) I didn't mind that so much. But I know a lot of fans were upset about the the usage of Flynn. Uh, Same with uh, Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. I personally loved what they did in The Last Jedi, but that's one of the many complaints you'll see people list about that movie. They don't want to imagine Luke Skywalker, their hero as a kid, being a bitter recluse. They don't like that idea. They want to imagine him as having spent his entire rest of his life going on the same adventures, being the same exact character, never changing. With Burt Gummer, I feel like they took the Han Solo in The Force Awakens route. He more or less did the same shit over and over again, trapped in stasis between movies, and exaggerated those flaws until it got to the point where when you view the character, he is now not fun for fans, but sad. And I don't think they did an intentional meta way. I think that's just how they thought would be the best way to draw the character.
0: This movie opens with a guy taking a shit in the desert and then wiping his ass with straw. That's my follow-up to that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of farting in this film, where I don't know if we've heard fart sound effects previously in Tremors. Tremors has never been, like, the most mature franchise, but this feels extra juvenile.
0: Okay, did this weird you out to? There is so much bodily function in this movie. Every other scene is... I believe Jamie Kennedy's introduced peeing. There's like somebody peeing every few minutes. It's, I don't know what's going on. It's like this movie was made in hell.
1: (laughs) I will say one thing that bothered me is uh, the helicopter pilot I mentioned earlier comes back to save Bert and then is eaten by a graboid. And then he pops out of the graboid uh, and saves Bert again because it turns out he's just too badass to be eaten by a, a, a graboid. And that that's that's the reason why I have trust issues. This is why I watch Reign of Fire and just expect Matthew McConaughey to re-enter the film after being eaten by a dragon. And being very disappointed when he doesn't, because movies like this have trained me to think just because you're eaten by a monster doesn't mean you're dead.
0: Cody, Cody, not everyone is Ron Perlman at the end of Pacific Rim.
1: <laughs> Although I'm I'm still it shouldn't bother me. This is this is really dumb, like I'm too into the movie complaint. Uh, in, in Earlier in the film, they mentioned uh, that kaiju blood is poison to people and exposure to it is, is deadly. And Ron Perlman's been swimming in it. He fucking cut his way out of it. I'm just very concerned that his character has like kaiju poison. That's why he wasn't in Pacific Rim 2. Oh, he died immediately. No, like he died slowly and sadly in a kaiju hospital of like kaiju <laughs> cancer. <laughs>
0: kaiju. I want to see kaiju hospital so badly. Tonight on Kaiju Hospital, we, ha- we have to give a radiation treatment to Godzilla. His lymph nodes are inflamed.
1: How depressing would that be? They show us Ron Perlman escaping uh, by sheer force from a kaiju just to die of cancer like two months later in a kaiju ka- hospital. Hospital. I'm not talking right tonight. Man, that's that's my problem with Pacific Rim. I just feel like mm. they, they need to tell me there's like an anti-kaiju shot they give Ron Perlman so he's okay. I want Ron Perlman to be okay in that film.
0: We all do, Cody. We always want Ron Perlman to be okay.
1: That's true. I like. I know I'm thinking too deeply about this. That's not. <laughs> it's, it was not Guillermo del Toro's intention for you to be like. I'm very sad about Ron Perlman's predicament after cutting his way out of that kaiju baby. But it is. That's where my mind goes when I watch that end credit scene. It almost would have been better if he just died there, because then I have closure and I know he didn't suffer that much. We were talking about Tremors, though. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. This ties in, goddammit, Jamie. This ties in because in the next movie, which, aren't we done talking about this, Tremors? Do you have anything? Yes.
0: I never want to talk about Tremors 5 colon bloodlines ever again in my life.
1: Good. We have a segue into Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. Bert Gummer gets goddamn graboid cancer from being Uh in the belly of the beast. I didn't plan the segue, but thank you, Jamie, for making it happen. In a weird forced twist of events, when Bert Gummer was swallowed by a graboid in Part Three, apparently he got some sort of intestinal problem from this that is going to kill him in this movie because he didn't notice any symptoms until this movie. He went decades without it being a problem before his body was just like mm, time to die. I got the tremoroid, the tremors disease. I was going to tre- tremoids, <laughs> like. Gla- <laughs>
0: Please, in the industry, it's known as McTremors Syndrome.
1: McTremors, yeah. Uh, I, I'm very bitter about that. Like, what a weird time to introduce that twist. Just because you want to take Burt Gummer out of the mix, that was the best you could think of. You couldn't, like, have a bridge fall on top of him or something?
0: Yeah, we're not going to talk a whole lot about Tremor 6 colon a, whole, a Cold Day in Hell, because it's mostly just the movie we just talked about, and most of the complaints we have are going to be repeated for this one. But the most important thing you need to know is the third act is Burt Gummer in a hospital bed while Jamie Kennedy in Burt cosplay tries to look badass.
1: Yeah. The film the film goes the extra mile in trying to be like the characters all love Burt Gummer and want to be him. But like he's also made to be an insufferable asshole in this movie. The only thing Burt Gummer and Jamie Kennedy can do in this movie, I'm sorry, Travis, can do in this movie is argue. I don't understand why Travis looks up to this man who was not part of his life until he was like 40. <laughs> no, no, Jamie, they write this character like
0: he's 20 or something. Jamie Kennedy is, he's not the son of the mask anymore. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, and it's just weird because Bert Gummer is an asshole to his kid. And for some reason, it's like watching an abusive relationship because Travis just soaks it up and he's like, no, that's my dad. I love him. Without saying that, like, he's six by his dad, he wants to be with his dad, he respects and loves his dad, and picks up his dad's mannerisms, which again is weird, because he had literally, like, four decades of not being near this dude. And I I don't understand why they wrote it this way.
0: Yeah, they're kind of written like they're the Tuttles.
1: Yeah, oh god, that's a great way to think of it. They are the Tuttles from uh, American Chopper. Like, they should be throwing chairs and making memes of each other. God, if only they were that articulate. God, right? This this is the movie, right, that ends with Burt Gummer. Somehow we've gone this entire, this goddamn, like, 40-minute episode without mentioning Michael Gross, the actual actor.
0: Poor, poor, un, unutilized Michael Gross.
1: That's the thing. I, I love that Michael Gross has his own film franchise. Like, good for that dude. And I'm really, really glad he still has tremors because he's a wonderful actor. Uh, I don't think they've given him the material he deserves. Anyways, sorry to back out of that because I feel like we just should mention the man behind the mask. Burt Gummer is just an asshole in these films. Like, it just, he's rarely a guy you'd want to be next to. And I don't understand why everyone thinks he's a god because very rarely does he actually save anyone. He's just in these, uh, the reboot tremor, if you want to call him that. It's not quite a reboot because it's the same legacy storyline. He's just a dick. He's just, all of his worst tendencies are magnified. He has no compassion for his son. It's just, ugh, I, I have very little support.
0: Uh, So so many taxation jokes so much. Don't tread on me, which he's passing on to his son. He's indoctrinating his son at age 40 into his weird ass conspiracy beliefs.
1: So we have this character. He starts the movie off by having signs up in his shop saying he will kill tax men. But because this version of Bert is also spineless, a tax guy walks into his shop and Bert doesn't do jack shit about it other than get berated by the tax man for not paying his taxes.
0: And call him Dick Weed because his name sounds kind of like Dick Weed because that's the level of yeah. comedy we're dealing with here.
1: Yes, the movie treats the tax man as the bad guy. When in reality, it's like, God damn it, Bert Gummer. You were rich at several points in this franchise. Pay your goddamn taxes. This is how we get roads. This I want schools, man. They're, this is why Nevada doesn't have infrastructure, because you won't pay your goddamn taxes. Like, there's no moment I look in this movie where I go, you know, Burt Gummer, he's cranky, but he's a good guy, deep down. He just, in this version, comes off as an asshole. Plus, I am extremely bitter about this. I, I can't explain why. He changes hats, and the movie acts <laughs> like this is a thing I should understand. He puts on, like, a Cubs hat, and, and the movie, like, makes several references to this, like, it's a running joke. I don't fucking get it! What what was the deal with the hat change? What, what, what am I supposed to get out of this? It wasn't funny the first time. Is Michael Gross just, like, a huge Cubs fan? Like, he's a cubby? I don't know. What the fuck, movie? This is just an in-joke you have to explain to me. What the fuck? I'm mad about this. I'm very The hat thing pisses me off more than anything else in the world.
0: And this movie has the balls to have Bert refuse an SOS in the Antarctic because Graboids couldn't be in any other country but North America.
1: Even though he went to fucking Africa in the last movie.
0: Every Tremors movie involves Graboids doing something different. At this point, you'd think he'd understand that they can travel.
1: And evolve and be different, but no. Also, it's hilarious. This movie is set in the Antarctic, and it's called "A Cold Day in Hell." They filmed it in South Africa because apparently it was too cold where they wanted to film it. They they were gonna actually film the Arctic Circle, but they had a blizzard, and they're like, "It's too hard. Let's just make it look kind of Antarctic in in Africa." So most of it looks like uh, they explained it with a joke that global warming is just destroying the Antarctic, which is true, uh, and therefore there's no snow. They're on pebble <laughs> rocks and. Uh, It's like, why the fuck did you even use this premise if that's not what you're going to do?
0: I love how they couldn't even bother to go somewhere cold with actual snow
1: on the ground. It looks like when they filmed this, it was 200 degrees outside. So everyone wore like a sweater and then stripped it off immediately when the camera wasn't on them. It's like the least authentic cold environment shooting I've ever seen in my life. (laughs)
0: I mean, in the first scene, which is just a Earth 2 remake of the opening scene from the last movie, uh, it, that's literally just on the desert with film effects used to make it appear as if the,
1: the ground is white. Yeah, that's literally what they did. They just filmed desert and they're like, we can fix this in post. That is like, God damn a- it, Jimmy, I live in Wisconsin. I know what snow looks like. Don't try and trick me.
0: That's a couple of notches above the cop and Sleepaway Camp having the shoe polish mustache.
1: Like, if you're gonna break the lore of Tremors and say that, oh, they can be in cold places now, why not fully embrace that? This one cheats a little bit there's like a hot spring. The Tremors are in the hot spring areas. It's like, motherfucker, they're in the permafrost. I don't care if it's gotten a little warmer because of global warming. This still doesn't make a lot of sense lore-wise and you're sticking with lore. And do they stick with lore? Because this is the movie that introduces the, the the daughter of Val McKee. Yeah,
0: Val Jr., who's pretty much one of the only bright spots of this movie. I like that actress. Uh, she's very cute and bubbly. I like how the character is a, a super positive fangirl that just wants to go on an, a, a graboid adventure with
1: Uncle Bert. I, uh, I, Jamie I would... Lee Money is the actress's name, by the way. Ah. Which sounds fake, but I've never met anyone whose last name is Money. I have to hope you're born rich if your last name's Money.
0: It's very odd that every time she brings up her parents, she talks to them as if they're transients. She has a very poor relationship with.
1: Well, she doesn't mention much about Rhonda. It's mostly Valentine is an asshole. Like she just doesn't, her she makes Val uh, Val Kilmer's character Val Kilmer. What am I doing, Jamie? What am I doing? Kevin... (laughs) Trying to imagine a better movie. I guess. She makes Kevin Bacon's character, who we only saw in the first film, just sound like he's a real dick and that his marriage probably failed and he was out being famous or something. It seems like a very harsh meta dig at at Kevin Bacon not being in the rest of the film series, which is kind of rich coming from, you know, the third party people that assumed this franchise after the Universal group drove them off. Those are balls for a IP grab. Yeah, so, and her character's just there. She's an ultra fan. She, she, of, of Graboid's in general. She knows everything about them, but she doesn't really have much to do, and she doesn't seem like the character that's gonna continue on the film series.
0: She has Graboid skin boots her mother made for her that are indestructible, and that doesn't really matter.
1: Also, the indestructible thing should be debatable. We saw in Tremors 4 a man stuck a saw into the ground, and the Tremor split itself in half. (laughs) Anyways, it just feels because they've stuck with with continuity throughout this entire franchise, having all these weird callbacks. Uh, Like, in in, in the start of the film, Bert is the proprietor of Chang's market. Like, he just owns that now. He's the manager.
0: And it's implied that everyone else in Perfection just fucking left. So, the cast of the Tremors series just got put on a bus and went away. So, I guess, I think Bert's just in Perfection by himself. Like he's in a a haunted Old West ghost town.
1: This goes back to my Tremors is Purgatory. Everyone else graduated, Jamie. Everyone else managed to leave. They went to Tremors heaven. Bert, I have to say, is is perilously close to falling into Tremors hell. He might be there now.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. And speaking of continuity, I guess let's go into what's up with Graboids.
1: What is up with Graboids? (laughs) Graboids.
0: Uh, in this movie, we learn the Graboids originated in the Antarctic before they tunneled into South America and Africa, where they evolved to be desert creatures. Who fucking cares?
1: Well, okay, okay, so in this movie, what do we see? We see an ass blaster that hits an airplane, like a bush plane, and we see... Graboids. That's that's it, right? It's just the, the two forms?
0: Just the two. Oh, by the way, I don't know if this is uh, stuck in your craw like it did with mine, but whenever they fly into the research station, they're just attacked by ass blasters soaring around like pterodactyls.
1: That no one else
0: can see. Hundreds of feet into the air, too. Ass blasters cannot fly up to the top of mountains.
1: They did mention ass blasters are gliders. But they just
0: kind of flap their rings and fly around like dragons.
1: Also, in this one, did you think it was weird that Mac, the the pilot who flies them in, doesn't fucking see the ass blaster? She just runs in and is like, oh, I don't know what that was. I guess bird strike. (laughs)
0: It's <laughs> so it feels like they weren't sure what that scene was going to be because they weren't sure what they could afford for the effect. So people are just reacting to nothing in particular. Yeah. So we'll shoot this both ways. Also, I will say I, I do like Mac, the the Earth 2 version of the previous <laughs> film's wacky pilot.
1: It's the exact goddamn thing. Bert always makes friends with pilots because apparently they're the salt of the earth fun guys. Uh, that's that's it. That's what these movies want to aspire to now. I bet in Shrieker Island, they probably have to go to the island, and the pilot's going to be some wacky, friendly dude that only Bert appreciates who saves their ass in the end.
0: Uh, and uh, Oh, yeah, and because of uh, McTremor Syndrome, Bert has graboid visions throughout this entire Just movie. To which three. I was so disappointed because at first I thought he was going to have a psychic bond with one of the one of the the graboids which that that would have redeemed this for me. It became shocker but with tremors.
1: They should have gone all out. I mean if they're already presenting like darpa conspiracy theories, go all the way. The tremors were engineered in a lab based off of fossils. And Bert is psychologically, uh, psychically connected to a graboid. Go crazy with it, man! Go nuts. It's fine. i I'm, I'm, I'm. Fuck, man! I just pre-ordered a movie called Tremor Shrieker Island after not enjoying the last two Tremor movies. You can do what you want with the franchise. Go ahead, do something nuts. I would prefer, it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Eventually, Bert's cured by Jamie Kennedy managing to capture a live graboid, which is treated. Like it's the most impossible task in the world, despite the fact that they've captured several of them over this film series, including the pet I assume Bert still has. I didn't
1: understand why Bert was like, it's impossible, you can never do it. It's like, well, one, if they don't, you're going to die. Two, you have seen it done before. This, This was a part of the previous films in canon. There's a lot of stuff to not quite get. Also, the fact that they mentioned, oh, it has to be a living graboid. We can't just grab, like, the glansack from a dead one. It has to be alive. Just to add, like, that really obvious plot armor going on. Like, we need this plot to be scarier. They can't just blow up a graboid like they've done a thousand times. They have to do something new. I don't know. It's so contrived. It's incredibly contrived. I don't... I'm mad talking about Tremors, a cold day in hell. And I... Jamie, are you ready to end it? Because I have, like, one last thing I want to change to.
0: Uh, we've we've told you the entire plot of the movie. That's- B- Bird is cured, he and Jamie Kennedy end the film comparing their penises to various types of guns. We are so far away from Chang's Marketplace.
1: Jesus, that ending. Where Bird's like, go back and go make out with that woman. I want to watch. It was a little much. You need to have maximum penetration. Yeah, that was weird. I, I- I just never expected Bert to be like, this is how I bomb with my kid. I just tell him how to do sex better. Jesus. The last complaint i have i swear to god about <laughs> tremors a cold day in hell this goes back jamie to our ranking the tremor titles now i told you before i really appreciate that the earlier tremor films used the numbers tremors 2 tremors 3 tremors 4 tremors even 5 bloodlines all used numbers before the the colon tremors a cold day in hell does not they stopped they're not using tremors 6 a cold day in hell they got scared Treyker Island does the same bullshit, and this is bullshit, people. This out of continuity, is that's what I say. Garbage! Throw it out! The defense rests! And then it's A Cold Day in Hell. Jamie, you mentioned previously, that's a line that's used in, in Tremor's lore. There'll be A Cold Day in Hell, right? So yeah. for this film to not go back and mention that again, and to have a cold environment that doesn't even look like it's cold, and purposely made to look like it's rocky? What the fuck? What a bad subtitle. Bottom of the list! It goes down to the bottom. Worst Tremors title.
0: Mm. See, I'm conflicted because I think it's a little bit of both. I I think it is a frustrating title for the reasons you stated, but at the same time, divorced from the movie it's a part of, I cannot think of a more gloriously schlocky title than Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. It sounds like a uh, an IDW graphic novel.
1: That's a fair point.
0: For that uh I, i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take on some hate on on the internet for this all, all over my myspace but i'm gonna put tremors a cold day in hell as my favorite title
1: favorite oh fuck you uh wow okay, i will yeah. all right jesus all right you can do what you want i mean that's a pretty <laughs> harmless opinion it's dumb but go ahead man wow okay i i sorry i need a minute to wrap my brain around that because this is my least favorite this is the bottom of the pile straight to jail t- territory uh, and I would put like Tremors Five Bloodlines second to last, also, for as long as you're rating because Bloodlines is annoying because it gives the secret away the second you see it. Like, you see Jamie uh, Kennedy yeah. and, and Michael Gross on the cover together, you know, like, oh, that's his kid. Like, before the character even comes in, they make it very obvious, you just no Bloodlines. There's no other reason to call it that other than to let you know that these characters are related. So, god, that's annoying, but it still ranks about this one because they put the five in there, and that is a principle I will die by. That's my hill.
0: I, I, th- I'm going to put bloodlines at the absolute bottom of the list. Yeah. Mostly because it's just generic and they don't even try to do, to play with the, uh, the naming schemes of the other films. Like it's, it's not, it's not like a play on words. There's, it's not epic. Like the legend begins. It's just tremors Armageddon.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really, it, it just sounds to sort of direct to video, doesn't it? Very much so. Yeah. This would be like, oh, man, we want to make a, a new Scorpion King movie, but we can't get The Rock. So this is The Rock's, The Scorpion King's, like, third cousin. It, it's Bloodlines. <laughs> he knows The Rock. That's why That's why he's the main character. Ah. Well, anyways, after all of that, I can only assume that Tremors' Shrieker Island uh, is just going to be returned return to form. And this is going to jump right back up to, uh, let's say, Tremors 4, The Legend Begins Territory. I don't want to be too optimistic you know i can't say this will be the new tremors but i also don't want to assume this is going to be as bad as a cold day in hell i'm going to i'm going to give the gummer some slack he survives so much more he can go through two bad movies right
0: it is confirmed in this film you can't kill the gummer that is canon it is stated by a character
1: it's impossible they really tried even the plot couldn't do it
0: also i know how unnecessary this is at this point but ranking in the movies these are at the very bottom right
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely Tremors 5, Bloodlines, followed by Tremors of Cold Day and Hell for the bottom of the pile. I would put Bloodlines
0: at the very bottom. Like, there's nothing to really say about Cold Day and Hell, but it's at the very least not obnoxious and abrasive in the way that Bloodlines is, because Bloodlines is a goddamn Mountain Dew commercial. And at the very least, I don't see anyone relieve themselves in the snow.
1: Jamie, that's how Mad Max started.
0: Are you saying Mad Max is bad? That was Relieving Yourself in the Desert. Oh, different story.
1: Okay. I don't know if I actually follow. Anyways, folks, we'll be back with at least, at least one more Tremors episode because we have to talk about Tremors, Shrieker Island. I can't stop saying that title. I don't even enjoy it that much, but my mind's like, no, you got to say it. So come on back for one more round of Tremors with us. At least, who knows? Maybe we'll go into the franchise. Uh, you know, the the, the deep lore, the, uh, the TV season that lasted a year. Maybe the pilot with Kevin Bacon, if we can ever track that out. Also, if anyone has a link for that, hypothetically, if they sent it to our Twitter page, at Pulp, we would not report you to the FBI. We would pretend the link didn't just show up in our inbox and, you know, watch it illegally and then talk about it. So if any of you guys have that link, I really, 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 really want to see that pilot. We have Bitcoin. Do we? Are we lying? I don't, I mean, like, we lie on the air a lot, but I feel bad about it later.
0: We have Bitcoin, Cody.
1: Yeah, so if you have that, just send it away. More Tremors to follow. Thank you so much for listening to us complain about the Graboid series. We really did love the first four. Uh, if, if you're on the fence about going back and re-watching any of the Tremors, you can't go wrong with the first four. I would say you'd have a very good time. Stampede Productions does good work. It's good shit. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been Box Office Pulp. You can find more of us on boxofficepulp.com. We have a whole series of non-Tremors commentaries, episodes, discussions, yeah, name it. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook. I already mentioned Twitter, but we're definitely there. Check us out. We have more to say about a lot of stupid things. Uh, Ron Perlman for life. Uh, hashtag. I should have started with the hashtag before I said that. Anyways, I think that's a wrap. Get the hell out of here. Curiously, in addition to its feats of strength and its ability
0: to digest large prey, the Gravoid has even shown an occasional willingness to eat metal. Did the graboids involved in these incidents attack because their bodies are capable of deriving useful nutrients from inorganic objects? Or, as is considered more likely, did the car's vibrations, as in Gummer's movements inside the barrel, mislead the graboids into thinking they had found living prey?
1: Two things, Jamie. Two things. One, why haven't we gotten a scene in a, in a Tremors film that's just a ripoff of Jaws when they, 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 they go to cut that little Kitner boy out on the dock? We should, we should have them pulling a license plate out of a hung-up Tremor, be it Ass Blaster, Shrieker, or Rapoid. Two, are, are you really disappointed that they did not follow through on the mid-credits scene of Tremors 5, where it was just Bert and Travis apparently monster-hunting across the world? Could you imagine uh, Tremors 6 if instead of them just being like, I guess we're in the Anarchic, is them fighting a chupacabra?
0: Oh, they just go Resident Evil with it? There's, like, an extremely dark psychological horror
1: tremor sequel? Yeah, sure, I take it. I'm just, I... I you've seen the Graboids? The film is apparently tired of Graboids. Let's go see some weird monsters. Let's see Burt Gummer punch the Mothman.
0: <laughs> Burt Gummer punches the Mothman, coming this
1: fall. Fuck, if that was the title, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I'd buy that for $20 instead of 15
0: All I know is, after these past two movies... If we're going to tackle Tremors, Shrieker Island, we're going to need some reinforcements. <clears throat> yeah? Hey, Mike, it's Jamie. How you doing?
1: Jamie? Oh, podcast Jamie. Right,
0: what's up? Look, I know you're trying to lay low for right now, but we have a bit of a situation. What kind of a situation? A graboid situation. <gasps>
1: Mike sits up in chair dramatically. This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show.